Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This crowd rises to its feet. But Carl slammed it home. Garland left wing. Three ball. Perfect. Garland part of the lane. Locked. The Mobley pow. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Pow with the left hand and a foul. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cavs Media Family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Chase Down is presented by Fubo TV. Watch over 100 channels of live sports and TV for half the cost of cable. There's no contract and no commitment. Try for free at FuboTV.com. The Cleveland Cavaliers drop a disappointing one in Game 3 at Madison Square Garden. And for those listening, whether you're listening live, whether you're listening uh, on the podcast the next day, try to keep track of how many times we say the phrase, they just need to play better. Because that's really what this came down to in Game 3. And joining me today to discuss it is a very tired Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy? Well, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning into the Chase Down Pod. If you'd like to support the pod... <laughs> oh, crap. We got to actually still do it. We got to go at least 15. Uh, yeah, it was uh, just a hideous loss. Um, the, uh, I, I, You know what? I, I'll put my hand up. Um uh, for uh, teasing the Knicks so roundly for only having 70 points at the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter uh, in game two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, brother, it was bad. I mean, where do we start? I, I think we probably start with Garland, or do you want to start with just the general I, I, angst, let's, the general energy? Well, l- let's start with this. The Cavs have not allowed the Knicks to score more than 101 points in any game this series, and they're down 1-2. That is a tough, tough look. Like, uh, I think there's a lot of discussion uh, about, you know, defensive strategies on on Jalen Brunson, what what they've done with Julius Randle. And we've talked so much defense, defense, defense. And the defense has been good throughout this series. And um, obviously the game, let's start at the start, which was the decision to start Karis LeVert uh, over Isaac Okoro, uh, something that we had talked about and kind of seen the merits of it. I, I think you and I both would have chosen starting with Isaac Okoro, but I mean, I I like to go process over results, and I actually thought the Cavs started really good. I I thought the defensive intensity was there. I liked the looks they were getting. They were getting much better offensive looks in that first quarter than the Knicks were getting, and I really felt that 
this was a game that the Cavs had control of after one quarter. So as much as it probably wouldn't have been my decision uh, to, to go with Karis LeVert in that spot, it was a decision that was yielding the type of shots and looks that you'd want to see, just not converting any of them. Yeah, I do think, um, uh, one, I agree uh, that I think that their offense was yielding good process in that first quarter. Um, I don't think we should just call this a they missed shots game. No, um, no, because I'm, I, I'm, because I'm they speaking up, strictly first yes, quarter. of course, of course. Yeah. I know you're not. I'm just you know taking it to where I think that the, the conversation needs to go, which is I think they completely abandoned their principles. <laughs> Uh, over over the course of this game, we were losing um, recipes as the game proceeded. Uh, I I mean, like just like what were they doing on some mm-hmm. of these plays? Um, just no rhyme or reason uh, to the sets they were run- to what you could call sets mm-hmm. uh, of, over time. Even when they got hot in the third quarter, they just started chucking threes. Um, uh, it just didn't really feel like that, you know. Like JB talks a lot about trust, trust in each other, trust in the system. I just don't feel like they had a lot of belief uh, over the course of this game. You know, yeah. like they didn't they didn't hold to their principles in any way. Um, yeah. uh, you know, and like I, I tweeted that uh, I, I was getting ready to pull Darius aside and have the Patrick Ewing. Do, do you practice that shot? Because <laughs> he's taking some shit. He was taking some attempts. I'm like, I've never even seen you take anything like that. Um, uh, you know, some of these weird mid rangers where he's like, like, yeah, he's t- he, he'll, he'll float a couple up. But like he was, he was taking some with it without his legs under him. Yeah. Like just horrible fundamentals. Um, yeah. you know, he, like he was and, pressing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, obviously like <laughs> I know we yell at Darius to be aggressive. So it, it feels a little, uh, disingenuous to go not like that, but. <laughs> Not like, not that, like that, yeah. But not yeah. like that, like that. I mean, he. I thought he just played an absolute. I thought it, uh, again. I think his first quarter was really good. I thought he he was pulling from three when he had them open. He just was missing, and um, you know, I think they started pressing. Um, I think our yeah, and not just to focus on Darius. Um, I, our our bigs are getting uh, are just having a hard time with mm-hmm. this front line. Uh, yeah. Jarrett uh, started off well three for three and then was a complete non-entity the rest of the night. Uh, Mo- Mobley was not a particular, particularly good offensive entity. Uh, he, uh, Evan Mobley has two free throws for the series still. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jarrett Allen, uh, I'm checking now. Uh, I don't think it's a lot more. Um, he has six for the series. Um, and like, you know, so like we're, we're not, if, if those guys aren't able to make an impact, then you are just so reliant on, on your perimeter players to play well. And, uh, two of your three perimeter players started the game one for, uh, one for 18 from the floor. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that, that it shouldn't happen again, but man, it was, it was, it was dis. I was disappointed to see the extent to which they kind of abandoned what they do. Yeah, um, I, I thought the I, I decision, don't think that's who this team normally is. Yeah, I, I think the decision making uh, from Garland, Mitchell, and, and Levert just kind of devolved, and uh, it just turned into too much isolation basketball and a, a little too much hero ball. Uh, even when they cut it down to nine points in, in the third quarter, 
it really felt like there was a shift in the momentum there. I, I thought the Cavs had a really good chance to get back in the game there. And there was a couple times where just the extra pass wasn't being made and there, you're getting some action, you're getting some movement, and then just record scratch, record scratch. The, the kind of things that we saw RJ Barrett do in the first two games, right? Where ball movement gets to a guy and just abandoning kind of the principles of the offense. And uh, in, in that first quarter, it was the, the one thing looking back on it with the benefit of hindsight was the turnovers. I, I I could live with the the open shots, um, but the the turnovers. There's a couple costly ones from Mitchell. Uh, the one where he saved it under the basket unnecessarily, and it led to an RJ Barrett three. And um, really, that the Knicks had 28 points off of turnovers. Like that that is pretty much the entire game right there. Especially like we can talk about the bigs and rebounding and, and the the battles that they're going through there. They only lost the second chance battle by two points. The Knicks only had two more second chance points than the Cavs. That's not why they lost. The defense of the Cavs was not why they lost. Like Julius Randle, uh, another nothing burger of a game. Uh, Jalen Brunson, when this game mattered, he was averaging about a point per shot. Um, and we we can get into kind of the some of the adjustments that the, the Knicks made uh, defensively or, or offensively, I should say, uh, to make it harder for the Cavs to blitz them. But I will absolutely live with what Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle did in this game. To me, it, it's much more about the Cavs' own offensive execution and trying to regain some of the, the rhythm. And honestly, I think it's the best thing ever that they are playing again in 36 hours. I, I wouldn't want to be sitting and stewing with this one. Uh, just get back at it, uh, have another game here. But I mean, the, the only thing that gives me some pause with that is, is the Garland ankle injury, which really was add, adding injury to insult. Yeah, I, I get, yeah, for sure. And obviously, you know, I don't think I saw any post game, uh, conversations about it. So, you know, hope it was just a little turned ankle. That's good. Um, um, uh, but that doesn't mean there wasn't any, it just means I didn't see any, yep. um, uh, but yeah, I, I think you're spot on. I think the defense, um, you know, I don't think that in that first quarter, the Knicks were getting good shots. I thought, you know, I, I don't know if you can, you know, do expected shot value for a quarter on some of these, <laughs> uh, fancy sites, but like their, I their really good think... shots were off turnovers, right? Like it was in transition or maybe the odd second chance point. Sure. Um, uh, you know, I, th- I do think Brunson got more in rhythm looks, uh, than he did. Uh, in in game two, um, I do think that the the guard guards uh, screens that you called out um, made it harder for the Cavs to blitz. I do think, uh, and I know I know we I, I don't want to lay the blame to your point at on the defense um, because ultimately they gave up ninety nine points. Um, but I do think that the Cavs, for whatever reason, some of that um, they they weren't as timely with their help in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they kind of soft doubled a lot. And some of the, some of the, they would dig down for help without, uh, at the wrong time and without making much impact. And the Knicks were able to hit some timely threes when they were trying to work their way back. Um, you know, Danny green got burned a couple times, um, doing that, you know, just not having enough juice to get back out to the perimeter. Um, which by the way, that's another spot where foot speed does hurt you. Um, mm-hmm. 
Uh, but I, yeah, I, I felt like Brunson was seeing more bodies um, uh, mid possession. Like at the at the point of attack, I get why you can't trap when it's a guard guard screen. That's that's you know that's a recipe for death. Um, and like, but like you know, once he was you know on on the nail, like why not throw a little size at him, make him make him make a weird pass out of it. Um, I, I don't think the Cavs did a good job of disrupting him. And then, you know, the other thing that went well for the Knicks is the thing I thought might go well for the Knicks, which is RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. We're probably going to play better at home. Uh, Barrett had an awesome first half, um, kind of honestly booing the team. Uh, he hit two, uh, I believe he hit two of the first 18 threes of the game, yeah. uh, attempted. He was the only one who made any of them. And, um, and I vocally said, I'll live with that as that shot was going up basically every time, which um, maybe I should have changed up my routine as a superstitious person. But like I, I will live with RJ Barrett second leading score for the Knicks. But it's it's just backbreaking in, in a game where you struggle to generate offense of your own. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like if you are going to struggle, like you have to you have to get them out of what they want to do. Um, and I just don't think they did that. Uh, and yeah, it was so, oh, it was, uh, it was, it's funny. I think I sound more depressed than I am just cause I'm sleepy. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, was up, at, was up at five. Um, so, so pardon me, everybody. <laughs> um, I, I do think, I, I think there's merit to what you're saying though, because you look at the final score and you say 99 points, but second, third and fourth quarter they scored 27 points apiece and fourth quarter obviously is garbage time i don't think you can take a whole lot from that but they started generating offense and they figured their they things got clean out looks they, they got better looks as the game progressed and that's one of the, those examples of basketball being an ecosystem right like when your offense isn't going and you're starting to abandon your principles on that end it bleeds into the defense and i agree i think some of the rotations were a bit late um but in terms of schematically and, and things that you you know the the famous adjustments between games i was fine with what the Cavs were doing i just thought that they could execute it better and it goes back to what we said in last night's podcast which was at this point i, I think the game of adjustments is basically over and it's going to come down to execution and like i said before the Cavs are the team we saw in game one. They are the team we saw in game two, and they are the team we saw in game three. And they just need to be I don't think that. I'm pushing back on that. Uh, this is their worst offensive game of the season. It's the worst offensive game of the, of the entire uh, NBA season. Well, it, I'm... So they are not this. This is not who they are. Carter, they are that because they literally just did it. That, that uh, was them playing point. out there. That's a great point. <laughs> You're right. Like, this is a low... I, I think this is a season low, they, and we could probably argue that they've had two of their worst offensive games of the season in this series, and that doesn't feel good. Uh, they are a more talented team than that, and um, a, a lot of this, I, I think, does go on their their best players. Like, I don't think Donovan Mitchell had a good game. I, I Bro, thought he... I, I actually, this this sets me up. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, I'm seeing a lot of talking. Even I was ready to come in and talk about Ricky Rubio getting minutes in the first quarter, which I really did not agree with. It felt like JB kind of like trying to adjust before the adjustments came, you know? Yeah, and, and um, I, I do want to touch on that, but proceed. But I, I was ready to talk about him, uh, and I've seen a lot on the timeline about Danny Green and Jetty combining for zero points in their 28 minutes, and Okoro being the only one who actually scored 
Uh, mm-hmm. He had he had five in the part of the game that mattered. Um, but then you go look at the plus minuses, and you realize they lost the game because their starters got run off the floor. Yeah, yeah. Like I, uh, I, I I haven't looked. I don't think lineup data posts this fast. Um, uh, I'm gonna check tomorrow, but I'll bet the starting five uh, had a had a pretty aggressively negative net rating uh, over mm-hmm. this game, or at least uh, you know most of the four man pairings. And like I'm not super like again. I talked about this uh, before game two, I think. Where, listen, if this is gonna be your roster construction, like you just can't have three of your four of the core four having atrocious games and the fourth having a bad one like Mm -hmm. like you know like i I just don't think you're allowed to do that (laughs) like in win games like that is that is and 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 if you if that happens enough then you have a core a fundamentally um you know you have a fundamental problem with your roster construction luckily i don't think the Cavs have that but like I, i just i just feel like to, to blame Danny Green or even Ricky Rubio, who I was ready to come and, you know, and I, I know we'll talk about his minutes, which were not good, mm-hmm. um, but he was, he was you know, the, a net rating of zero tonight, Justin. Yeah. Um, so, like, ultimately, I just feel like if you're diagnosing the cause of the loss, it's just, it's hard for me to look beyond that starting lineup. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I don't think there is a fundamental problem. I agree with that. And there isn't a fundamental problem with the amazing support we get from Zoom. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. Half a million businesses connect using Zoom, a single platform for phone, chat, workspaces, events, apps, and video. Zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe. Zoom, how the world connects. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Carter, the playoffs are a time where people go to their go-to moves. You know, the the muscle memory, what you're best at. And I'm going to go to one of my go-to rants, which is I really do think that debate show culture has made it so that when we talk about the game so frequently, it's winning and losing becomes a character trait for players. And I think that's why the conversation always devolves into well, my favorite player lost, and I'm not going to point out what they could have done better. So I'm going to blame. Uh, I'm going to blame the supporting cast. I, I think that happens with some of us LeBron fans a lot. Uh, you'll hear it with the coach. You'll hear it with other guys. They don't want to ever say, "Well, you know, the the player I like and support could have played better. They made mistakes." Um, because we we've just dumbed down the conversation to. Are, do you have the clutch gene? Are, are you a winner or are you a loser? And for me, I'm about the biggest Darius Garland fan there is in the world. Like, I, I think that he is an all-NBA talent, and, and I think he's going to be an all-NBA player in the future. But this was a really bad game for him. And I, I think it was, a, it was a bad game for all of the core players that have been the reason for the success that we've had this season. But Garland in particular, like, it started with just missing shots and the right decision-making, and it got worse. And I, I appreciate the fact that he was still competing on the defensive end throughout this game. I thought he made some plays there. But as much as the the Garland defense has improved, it's a nice-to-have. What he really does, and the way that he makes the most impact, is with his offense, and that just wasn't there tonight. Uh, I think that um, it should probably be noted that he has 11 assists through three games. Um, the Knicks and, and, are doing an awesome job taking him, taking those things away from him. Uh, some of it I do think is probably a little bit of shot making luck. Yeah. Um, you know, G- game like, one, uh, the Cavs did go one of 13 uh, on potential assists from Garland. So, so there's that, but like, I do, I do sense a lack of, um, you know, like in game two, he was the, the maestro, uh, mm-hmm. certainly not <laughs> tonight and didn't really feel like it in game one either. Um, uh, and I, I do think they've done a nice job taking him out of his game. I, but I really don't think they did that much in game three. I think he just played horrible. Um, uh, the Knicks did a... I, I'm interested to rewatch this one, which is going to be... Uh, like, I, I should get some kind of bonus uh, for rewatching <laughs> this one. But I am interested in just kind of watching a super cut of the turnovers and figuring out how many were careless and how many were Knicks scheme. Um, because it d- did feel like, um, it, I think the Knicks had another great executional game on the defensive end of the ball, um, where there were a lot of times where I was like, okay, Cavs got an advantage. And then the Cavs would make a pass and just a hand would get in the way. Um, uh, I, I you know, the deflection game was won handily by the New York Knicks, um, uh, t- tonight. Uh, it, and it felt like I, there were I, multiple I, passes where they were going to make a pass thought about it 
and then ultimately ended up making the pass because you're just follow, yeah. following through and it just doesn't have zip on it. And uh, Mitchell Robinson is freaking awesome on defense. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's probably a big part when we're talking about the lack of Garland assists throughout this. A lot of those Garland assists come to Mobley and Allen and they're having trouble creating advantage at the rim, creating uh, the, the, the normal shots that they're able to take. And when you have that and you have the, the congestion on offense, those bread and butter assists that Garland gets aren't really there, right? And um, I, I definitely think he, his impact on, on defense shouldn't be understated. Yeah. Uh, no matter how this, uh, no matter how this series wraps, Jared and Evan um, uh, have a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a lot of tape to tape to uh to parse through um uh yeah. and and maybe maybe it's just weight room um uh maybe it's some skill work but um you know i we talked about it before the series you know i i think uh again i i really am pleased even in our talks with nick nick's film school i really do think in a lot of ways we broke down the the different ways that the series might go Mm-hmm. Um, really, really quite thoroughly. And one of the things we talked about was the Knicks need Mitchell Robinson to be, you know, as good and sometimes better than, you know, Jared Allen. I think he has been better than Jared Allen in this series. Yeah. Uh, and I agree. Like, you know, that, uh, and if, again, going back to the, if you're going to have a, if you're going to build your team out of top, your top four, top five guys, well, those guys can't get outplayed by the fifth or sixth best player on their on the opposing team, and it's happening right now. And um, uh, luckily, it is a it's a series. It, it, this isn't a, a play in game mm-hmm. um, where Jarrett and Evan keep, get to keep learning. Uh, I thought Evan was making a little progress. I thought tonight was a backslide. Um, yeah, uh, but, honestly, that that was one of the aspects I was more surprised about. But I, I do think it. <laughs> Just like we, we talked about getting quickly going at the end of game two, I, I thought quickly had a better game. Um, I, I know he wasn't necessarily dynamic as a score, but I just thought he was playing more within the flow of the Knicks offense. I thought Mobley kind of slowed down as the game went on and, and was processing things better. Like a, a lot of the film from this game, um, what whether they go on to win this series or not, you, you know these guys are going to be looking back at the, at the film of every single one of these games, and it's going to be part of their offensive or their off-season regimen. I I don't know how much... I, I think the biggest lessons are going to be from the bigs. Like, I, I, I really do think that they're going to learn the most from this, and I don't think it's just weight room. Um, When... Like, I, I think we've, we've settled in to the rebounding being such a big part of the narrative because uh, of how game one went. I don't think the rebounding was the biggest deal in this. I think and, finishing over over Robinson is the, is the answer. That's at 100% correct. And really, when it comes down to the rebounding, it's more about the, the overall team rebounding and containing the guards. And we'll, we'll see uh, if Quinn and Grimes is able to go. Obviously, he didn't play in the second half. And it, it was interesting because the Cavs weren't able to blitz Jalen Brunson. And this was something we alluded to a little earlier in the podcast. But they weren't able to blitz Jalen Brunson the same way because it was no longer Mitchell Robinson or Julius Randle going up to set those screens which allowed the length of Jared Allen or Evan Mobley to get involved there. Uh, we, we talked about how well Mobley did on those switches with Brunson. 
Instead, they were using Emmanuel quickly a ton. Uh, they were using Josh Hart a ton. Both of those guys are quick release valves, and you're keeping wings involved, right? Like you're keeping Donovan Mitchell involved with that trap, which is a totally different dynamic than having one of the Cavs big men out there. And, and that was a smart adjustment for the Knicks. I, I still like how the Cavs defended Brunson. Like, I, I don't think you change up your defensive scheme, but you're just not going to be able to blitz them and throw pressure the same way if those are the guys using those screens, which the ripple effect is, I think Julius Randle is less effective as a result of that. I think he gets stuck playing complete one-on-one -on -one basketball, and I think that's part of why he didn't have as good of a game. So the Knicks are really making that trade-off of, we're keeping the ball in Jalen Brunson's hands. We're letting him be that on-ball initiator, even if it does cost us some Julius Randle production in the meantime, even though we're not getting Mitchell Robinson on the roll. Um, and, and honestly, with, with Robinson's short roll decision-making, I, I don't think that's something they necessarily miss. But that's a, a, a calculation and a trade-off that the Knicks are, are making at this point. So I, I do know that that was a, a talking point and people were confused. Why there wasn't as much pressure on Brunson, you're just not going to be able to if Donovan Mitchell's guarding Josh Hart and Josh Hart is coming to set the screen on Jalen Brunson. That's not a decision the Cavs are making. That's an adjustment from the Knicks. Yeah, absolutely. Um... There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Oh, Justin, what a game. <laughs> uh, I, I think, uh, the other player who, uh, you know, deserves just a little bit of flack is Donnie. Yeah. What were these passes, man? <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of these, uh, some of these, uh, they blitzed him uh, a lot tonight and, uh, he was just making some really like, just like if you, if you're going to try to do that bounce pass through the split, that very stylish bounce pass, it better be on point. Yeah. Um, uh, there were a lot of weird ones where he just threw the ball out in front of Mobley or Allen, and or or you know it, it bounced and hit their shins. Yeah. Um, which, like, which again, I I saw a lot of picking and choosing where to put the blame. I, th those were bad passes, and, and automatically I saw, well, Jaron Allen's got to catch that, or or Mobley's got to catch that. Those were bad passes. Those were horrible passes, yeah. man. Um, you know, and I think if you look, if you go look at the tape, you're gonna uh, you're gonna agree with that. Um. Uh, you know, bigs need 
decent passes. They don't need uh, our yep. bigs don't need perfect passes, but they need like decent ones. Um, and and you know, and the other problem with like I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I feel like like three or four of those six turnovers were I threw the ball to the Knicks and gave them a four on one. And yeah. like, uh, on a like, game that we lost largely due to points off of turnovers, I, I thought Mitchell's were the most ill time. Like even that opening stretch, they probably, even with all their um, missed open shots, they probably win the first quarter by like five points. If you didn't have the, those bad pass turnovers uh, in, in that quarter. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and again, going back to the fact that, like, I still don't think New York played that good on offense. Like, you give away, you know, 18 trans, uh, points off turnovers where, you know, they're just waltzing to layups and alley-oops and, and mm-hmm. you know, just easy finishes. Man, just uh, just an awful, awful game for the boys. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think that's all the players I wanted to talk about. You know, uh, Danny Green, I thought, had a, had a really bad game. Uh, as well um defensively um but you know and just didn't hit a shot and uh to to help cover for it but i don't know man uh this is one of those things i guess maybe we should just look forward at the series you know game uh game four does become really important it's you know the Cavs. when you lose your first game of the series then you have to win the second Mm -hmm. because you can't go down 0-2 at home um and and then go to an insane garden but now they kind of have to win game four like do you really like i don't know if i really trust this Cavs team to win three in a row i don't trust them Uh, i I think they are capable of it i i don't trust i don't trust them i wouldn't pick it i I feel like if they lose game four they it is unlikely they win the series yeah i i would be operating under the assumption that they're losing the series at that point and i still feel like i I don't feel like the game plan needs a drastic remodeling. So, so for that reason, I feel confident. And I, I think, once again, this is one of those tests, right, where we've we've seen all year Cavs back against the wall, they rise to the occasion. But here's the thing, like, I never want to be a Houston Rockets podcaster where, oh, we went, we missed 27 consecutive threes, like, just trust the process, like, it's small sample size. Playoffs are small sample sizes, right? Like you have to make adjustments at some point. And I thought the Cavs could have done a better job of looking for those quality shots and, and making uh, the better decisions throughout the stretch. I, I think this was a game that didn't have to get away from them and through their own decision-making, it got away from them. And I, I'd like to see them problem solve on the goal. I, I, I think they can absolutely go out there and, and win game four. I think Short turnaround time again. I think that's a real benefit. I'd like to see more Isaac Okoro. I I I just think, especially if the Knicks are doing wing on wing screening and guard on guard screening, I think having Isaac Okoro is important. And even if you don't want to jump back to him in the starting lineup, I do think if Okoro is going to play more, I. I just, I just still don't feel good about the Ricky minutes. I, I think you're correct in saying it. It felt like an assumption that the Cavs were going to struggle with the environment uh, of Madison Square Garden. And I don't know whether that's a self-fulfilling prophecy or this was just a, a preventative measure that didn't end up paying, out, paying off. But the reality is, if Isaac Okoro is coming in off the bench, 
it's really hard to not have some of those minutes in the first half be with Ricky Rubio. And I just don't think Ricky's giving you enough of the juice to justify having them on the court at the same time. And I, I thought, even though the, the Ricky minutes, as you said, were, were neutral, I, I just felt like they lost some of the momentum. They lost some of the good start. And once you start to, to fall behind and, and you get out of that groove, it just gets harder to get that back. I agree, buddy. I don't think I have anything to add to that. I think you're just right. Um, uh, the the it feels like Ricky is done for this series. Um, and it is going to be uh, Osman, Okoro, and in Green or Karras off the bench. I don't know if uh, JB will switch that up mm-hmm. uh, back to to put Isaac back in. Obviously, since Isaac hit one of the seven threes uh, for the Cavs <laughs> tonight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, just brutal, just a really depressing, uh, game to watch. Um, you know, I gotta say, I, I tweeted this buddy, but, uh, uh, if, if, if you can, and, and your team's starting to have a bad game, just watch it with like a newborn sleeping on your chest. It really grounds you. It centers you, <laughs> you know, I'm way more bummed out now than I was watching the game. I was like, wow, this is interesting. Hey, buddy. And it was the best. It was really like the best way to undercut the pain of, of, of a stupid, stupid loss. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, and really that's the best reason to have a kid is to help you regulate your emotions watching sports. You know what? I know that's not what you're doing, but it reminded me of the little LeBron after the Dallas series where it's like, you got to go back to your life. You're like, you know what? I've yeah, got you, this I've got this beautiful boy and it's grounded me and this is stupid and you know what you guys you, you guys have to go out. back to your stupid <laughs> studio apartments that you're spending $4500 a month on. Oh, well now you, see now you're you, tempting the karma again. I warned uh, you about whatever, that. Whatever. I warned you about that after Listen, game bro, 2 I and got, look what happened. I got coworkers in California. They dig they dig Ohio all the time. I dig them for rent prices all the time. This is, I have coworkers in New York. This is a natural day-to-day part of my life um, where I have to defend Ohio's functional honor against these coastal elites. Mm-hmm. And now I have to do it on the basketball court, Justin. Yeah. It's terrible. It, so it it's, is it, terrible. It's quite the burden. It is terrible. And I, I'm, I'm curious to see how Sunday goes because... Even though playoffs are a small sample size and you could say, okay, well, yeah, you know, if if there's enough time, all this variance will normalize and and we know that Darius Garland can play better than this and and we know Mitchell can play better than this and and Mobley and Allen, etc. That doesn't matter because the, the playoffs are a small sample size and can this turn into a quick turnaround where they just let this be one game or is this going to be something that lingers and and makes things more difficult for them in game four and game five. And uh, I, I mean, hopefully the, the series <laughs> goes beyond that. Um, but, you, you know, like it, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how they respond to it. And um, I, I think if things don't go well, there's going to be a lot of outside noise. And I'm honestly, I'm not even too I'm someone that's always thinking ahead and I'm, I'm thinking of what the noise is going to be like and all that. I'm, I'm not even worried about that because the, the Cavs haven't been a team throughout this process that have overreacted to that sort of thing. And, and I feel still feel fantastic about the foundation that's in place here. What you said after game two is true, man. I, I don't think the result of this series is going to change my feelings that this team is the more talented of these two teams. 
it's just it, it would be a failure. And, and I, I believe that this team does have what it takes to avoid that failure and to bounce back from this. They just got to go out there and do it because once again, they, they put themselves in a bit of a hole here. Mitchell Robinson was asked if Cavs players were hesitant to go to the rim. And he said, quote, you saw that they got shook up and then grabbed his arms like he was shivering. Grr. Play better, boys. You got this. Clay said what now? <laughs> and on that note, we'll wrap I already this didn't up. take I already didn't take the high road though. So, <laughs> yeah, so I can't continue the LeBron. I can't continue the LeBron quote. Well, I'm going to let you go to bed anyways, buddy, because I, I, I know you need this sleep more than I do. I, I don't need beauty sleep. Look at me. I'm uh, th This is a lost cause. Big thanks to everyone that stayed up after not the most fun game. Uh, we do really appreciate all the support. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Click the notification bell so you know when we're going live. Uh, if you're listening via podcast and you want to support us, leave us a rating, your review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of Chase Down's exclusive Discord chat, send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. However you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. Until next time, go Cavs. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. GameBridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.